is a blue. You're listening to Three Valleys Radio. Welcome to our In Conversation program. Every week we talk to a sporting personality to find out just what makes them tick. From their early childhood, to their professional career, to their musical tastes. We cover it all. So sit back and enjoy as we talk to this week's special guest. Here on Three Valleys Radio. Good evening and welcome to In Conversation. This week I'm delighted to have as our guest Nathan Jones, the manager of Luton Town and uh, an ex-work colleague of mine. Well, good afternoon, Nathan. First and foremost, thank you very much for joining us on the show. As you know, I've been trying to get hold of you for a long time now, so um, it's good to have you on. It's good to, uh, good to be on it. Good to speak to you. Sorry it's been so long, but uh, uh, as you get older, you get busier. <laughs> Tell me about it. I mean, who would have thought at nearly 75 that I'd be running a radio station? Ridiculous. Well, there you go. Anyway, you know what this is all about. We're going to talk about your career, go through, you know, when you started and, and to where you are now. And we're going to put a bit of music in every so often. And every so often I shall say to you, hold it there, which just means you stop talking and we just create a little gap on the timeline, which makes it much easier for putting the music in later on. Okay. Right. Right. So, um, you were born on the 28th of May 1973 in uh, Blauen in the Wales, in the, the Ronda Valley. That's correct, yeah. Did um, I pronounce it uh, right? I lived in... No, yeah, that's the same. Blauen Ronda is, is my yeah. village I live. I yeah. was born in a place called Slunda Pia. Um, but, yeah, um, Blauen Ronda is where, where I grew up and where my family live and where my parents still live. Talking of which, how is your dad? Yeah, very well. Both very well. Good. Um, so, so, yeah, uh, survived and got through the pandemic, which is a good thing. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and yeah, enjoying retirement, both of them. Well, give them my regards when you when you see them, because I, I shall. always got a well with your dad. Um, so, yeah. so, so going back a bit, I mean, it says that you started your youth career at Cardiff, but I mean, can you remember when you first sort of started kicking a ball about? Because I, I imagine when you were a little toddler, you were still kicking a ball about, and that's when the, the love of football must have sort of started itself. Yeah, look, I grew up in a, in a really idyllic village with um, a football field in the village and, and things, so we were playing all the time as kids. We had a, I had a very, very um, uh, idyllic sort of upbringing really I was you know we were, times were different then we were able to go out we got the park we were at the park all hours played football uh, played football in school and then we also sort of joined three of the boys club where um, you know we'd go most nights and, and, and play in their teams from, from under 10s to under 18s um, and, and managed to play up to, you know, for those up until I was under 16 so so that's when I started you know like any kid really playing school and I know yeah. times are slightly different now but just Played regularly at school, uh, played in, in, on weekends, 
Um, and as I said, Trevor Boyster was a big part of, of my football education. Did, did you excel straight away or fairly quickly? Okay, I, I was better than average, but it wasn't until probably I was 14, 15 uh, did I start to attract any attention. You know, I, uh, yeah. we, had a, we had some good players and I was, as I said, I was probably above average. Um, but it wasn't until, um, as I said, till I was 14, 15 and then until I got into sort of the Welsh team at under 16 was I starting to, 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 to sort of pull away from people and, and attracting any interest yeah I mean it must have been a thrill though to get picked for your country at whatever age limit it was well by one you know and I was I was a Christian so I I, I I wasn't able to play on a Sunday for for a long time but um but once I, I I I got in the Welsh team at um, at, at under sixteen level, then yeah, it was um, you know it was a big thing, big thing for my parents, big thing for myself, and and, and then from there did I did I start to attract a little bit more of attention. Mm, mm. And, and then nineteen ninety, you joined Cardiff City for their in their youth team. Um, again, you know, a bit of a buzz, I think, going to, to a professional football club at that age. Absolutely, I had the option of to go into Bristol City or Cardiff, but I just felt Cardiff was right, not because it was local and it was, you know, because I still had to move away from home and things, but yeah. I just felt it was right. Um, mm. uh, I've made a number of those decisions throughout my career, but, but I did, and, and I was desperate to become a footballer. Um, I felt that Cardiff really wanted me and, and, and everything, and, and and as I said, it was, it was an absolute dream to... To be selected because to, to turn professional, albeit you know you were on white jetski then, um, was a fantastic thing. You know, I had to, uh, my parents made sure I got my corporate kitchen and my GCSEs, and then once I got those, then they allowed me to go and pursue my dreams. So it was yeah. um, it was a fantastic time. And did all your mates, you know, did they all sort of look up look up to you in awe, as it were, that you know you'd got a, got a, a contract with a with a, a professional club? I'm not sure you know. I said what I did have. I did have a really good group of mates that really wanted me to do well and supported me and things. And, and that's been the case right throughout my career, right till now. You know, I still come and watch games. We still come up for weekends and so on. And, and that was all part and parcel. You know, and if, I, if ever there was any kind of problems back home, my my, my friends would always keep me away from anything like that. So, so I had a good group of friends that were supportive. So I wouldn't say they looked up in awe of me, but. Um, I, I, I definitely think they were very supportive of me and, and, and happy for me, which is good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what, what was what were those early days like at Cardiff? You know, were they uh, were they, you know, did you have any problems at all settling into it? I mean, I know you've got your determination. I mean, I've, I've seen that firsthand, so I know what you're like as a person. But but what was it like, at, you know, in that sort of first new environment, so to speak? It was probably some of the best times of my life and my apprenticeship. Some of the most brutal times, some of the the toughest times to adapt, but but, but definitely some of the best. You know, YTS games then were tough. You know, it was sink or swim. You went in, you had to work hard, you did long hours, you ran, you did jobs. You were the lowest rung of the ladder, if you like, and, and you had to earn your way. But it taught you discipline, it taught you structure, it taught you just how to be better, uh, you know, a, 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 a better human being. And I loved those times because all you did, you know, you wasn't in it for the money then. There was no, you know, great yeah. finances or anything. All you were doing was you just wanted the opportunity to progress. And any time you were trained with the first team, any time you were included in the first team squad, it was like one of the, the best things ever. And I think that's been lost a little bit 
in football, but for me, no problem adapting. Um, you had to work hard, but I enjoy hard work. I always have and, and still do. So it's so annoying, but it, it was some of the best times and taught me so much. Some stuff, stuff I learned as, as a white yes, as an apprentice, um, you know, I still use and, 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 and preach to others now. Interesting. I was just going to ask you that whether you you know applied any of that now in your days at Luton or Stoke. I mean, the answer is obviously yes. Then, oh, absolutely. I think you know throughout your career as a player, every stage of your career, you learn stuff, you glean things, you keep that you know close to your heart, or you write them down, or whatever you do, and then you use them in your managerial career. And, and look, I, I learned fundamental things at Cardiff City. Um, that I implement now at at, at, at clubs that I you know I'm, I'm in charge of. So um, yeah, a wonderful learning curve. And as I said, throughout your career, every single stage of your career, you learn things that that you know you, you use on a daily basis. Yeah. Right now it's time for the first of Nathan's musical choices. And coming up, we've got a thousand trees by the Stereophonics. <laughs> Standing at the bus stop with my shopping in my hands When I'm overhearing elder ladies As the rumours start to fly Hear them in the schoolyard, in the scrapyard In the chip shop, in the phone box In the pool hall, at the shoe stall Every corner turned around Starting with a schoolgirl who was running Running home to her mum and dad Told them she was playing in the change room Of the lock of up outside I said, tell us again, she told him again it's the truth, he found it hard to believe Cos he thought I was Steve, he betrayed me Thought Uncle John was a father of three Only takes one tree To make a thousand matches Only takes one match To burn a thousand
Well, there we go. That was A Thousand Trees by the Stereophonic. Now, looking at your, your Wikipedia page, which I expect is totally all wrong, because they usually are, but um, it says 1991, you joined Mystag Park, 1992, Ton, Ton Pentry, uh, 1993, Merthyr Tidville, which I presume Merthyr Tidville yeah. those days were in the, in the conference, yeah? Yeah, look, what, what I did is when I left Cardiff, um, what, what, what happened was... Um, I had um, a, an opportunity when I was at Cardiff, and it was 1992. It was really. Mm. Um, it was it was it was later than that. 1992, I um, Robbie James left Cardiff and went to Merthyr, mm. and um, he wanted me to go with him. But um, there was a few things with the contract really. So what I had to do, I had to go and just play a few games for either, um, and then I went and joined Merthyr um, uh, at the beginning of the season. So I went, uh, sorry, uh, uh, a few games into the season, I went and joined Merthyr, but I only had two or three games for the likes of Tom Penter and, and things. Right. Um, it, it was while I, I, it was in the, the period that I left I left Cardiff and was in the process of joining Merthyr Tidville. Um, yeah, they were, you know, Cardiff at the time were lead two, um, Merthyr were, were conference, so I, I effectively went from the reserves of Cardiff into the first team of Merthyr, which was... Um, uh, actually, a, a progression because you know Merthyr were a fantastic club then, and, and and looking to get into the football league and and, and to go and play in first team football regularly, um, and still you know be a professional footballer was, was something I didn't want to. Hmm. And um, how did the Luton the move to Luton Town come about then? Well, really, I, I had a fantastic season at um, uh, at Merthyr. Um, and w w was was really sort of making a name for, my, for myself, which is what I wanted to do. I believed I was good enough to get the Cardiff's first team, but for some reason I wasn't given the opportunity, so I dropped down a level to, to try to go back up. And then mm. um, at the end of that season, I had, um, I had the opportunity to either go to Coventry, who were in the Premier League, um, or or Luton, who were, who were Championship at the time, um, or the equivalent leagues, if you like. So, yeah. um, but. I met both Ron Atkinson and David Pleat, and David Pleat once again, a bit like when I went to Cardiff, sold sold the club to me, and and I I felt it was a better move, um, for me and more realistic move uh, where I was going to play more and and get educated and and, and things there. So, um, I, as I said, I had a fantastic season at at, at Merthyr. I once really enjoyed it working under Colin Addison. I worked under Robbie James. I worked with Tommy Hutchinson. Real good people. Mm. and eventually in the Colin Addison and then got that opportunity so um, yeah you know, a, a, a fantastic for me but, you know after only a year or so being at Merthyr um, to then get that opportunity at, at two fantastic clubs was yeah. was something that uh, uh, um, again was was a dream really and um, I chose to go to go to, Mer uh, to to Luton because I felt more that the move mm. was a better move and I felt more comfortable with it did David Pleat have his cream suit on at the time? Well, he didn't have it on for long because I met <laughs> David. He showed me he showed me the project, and uh, six weeks later, left for Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> so it was yeah. uh, it wasn't the move that I thought it was. But you know, I always believe that everything's God's will, and I believe certain things happened in my life and certain moves happened, yeah. which enabled me to be better further on in my career. And I believe that. That because I went to Luton, only you know I was only there for for one season. But because I went and, and you know didn't really make a name for myself there, but I got to know the club, 
Um, and I believe that stood me in good stead for now. Um, when I'm the manager of the football club, you know, I'd had affiliation with me and it made me, and it made it an easier decision um, for me uh, to take the manager's job here. Yeah, but uh, then it says you 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 left Luton because you were homesick, but you didn't go back to Wales. You went to Spain, which I can't quite get my head around that bit. Well, I, I didn't leave Luton because I was homesick. I, I, at, the, at the time, um, I, I was homesick. I was homesick at Luton, and, and my parents travelled out. My parents have been fantastic, fantastically supportive of my career right throughout, and yeah. and they would travel up from Wales most weekends, or we'd meet at my um, my auntie's my auntie's house in Bath, which was kind of halfway. Yeah. But I, I didn't leave Luton because I was homesick. What, what happened was, um, I I was homesick, and then. Um, I was I was getting over that, and then I had an opportunity with Colin Addison to go out and play in Spain. Now, mm. as you said, someone who was slightly homesick to then make the, the, the move from Luton to um, to Western Spain was seems you know, seemed like a, a, a ludicrous idea. But at the time, I had the opportunity to go out and look at it, and it felt right. And once again, you know, I trusted God's will, and I believed it was a good move for me. And 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 it, and it proved that. So mm. so yeah. And you had a good time in Spain, obviously, and 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 you know, quite successful times, really, weren't they? The, the two two clubs you were at in Spain. Yeah, look, I had a really good time. I mean, the first year we missed out on the playoffs by, by on goal difference to Rafa Benitez's team at the time. Um, but you know, we, we had, it was a real good learning curve for me, and I learned so much. Obviously, learned the language, uh, learned. Um, about a new culture, a way of playing, a new way of living, and then I got a move at the end of my first year um, to to a different club that I felt was a better club, um, and then at the end of that we got promoted. So it, it, you know it was it was a fantastic fantastic time, a real good learning curve, successful because obviously I was playing first team football in in, in Spain's uh, championship, if you like. Mm. Um, not the prep, not the prep, not the top league, but the one down from that. So it was a real, real good, a real good experience. And as I said, one of the biggest things that came out of it was, which stood me in, in good stead for my, my my career after after playing, mm. was that I, I got fluent in, in in Spanish, which which has helped me, you know. Yeah. And how old were you at that point? Then nineteen, so about seventy three, twenty, about twenty three, something like that. Um. When I when I went out to Spain, I I was literally sort of 22 when I went out to Spain. Mm, yeah. Um, and when I was 23, when I came back, I had sort of uh, um, two seasons out there. But I was um, on the you know I was I was 23 when I um, when I came back. Um, but you know a bold move when I look at it now. You know when I look back at my career, you think wow, that, that was a bold move at the time. Mm. But it was. But it felt comfortable. Yeah, um, well, if it, if it feels and, comfortable, and that's obviously why you it. went, isn't it? You know, yeah. and then looking exactly, at exactly, and that's what I did. And, yeah. yeah, looking at the list. Uh, next up, nineteen ninety-seven. You're at uh, Southampton United for ninety-nine games, which is which is quite a spell. In fact, looking at all of your clubs, you know the two, the three main ones. You you were there a long time, really. You know, both Brighton yeah, and, and Yeovil. Yeah. I probably played more than 99 games, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, I, I had three seasons there. I, I, I wanted to come back from Spain. I could have stayed up there for another year. I was offered a year's contract to stay up there, but I always wanted to come back. Mm. Um, and I felt this was the right time. I mean, Alvin Martin had just taken over at, at, at South End. It was a club that had just come down from the championship, but wanted to get promoted. It's fantastic players. And, 
and I was offered a three-year contract, so it was a big, big thing. So I, I came back, felt comfortable there, met them, um, and, and and you know, really did enjoy my time. I had a very mixed time there. First year, I, I really enjoyed and, and played a lot of games. Second year, um, I didn't play as much as I would have liked and ended up on loan to Scarborough for eight games at the end of the season. And then my third year, which is my final year, I had my most successful um individual year if you like because uh, and, and and i had a fantastic third year um i saw all the players of the years and things like that and then ended up getting the move to brighton so so it was a real good time for, for me all in all uh, you know it was it was it was a little bit mixed in the in the second year but that, that sometimes happens during football more music now and this time it's the manic streak preachers and if you tolerate this
street preachers. Try saying that when you're in a hurry. And if you tolerate this. So then Bright came on the scene in 2000. And I know when I've spoken to you before that, you know, you had a love for Brighton that was... Was it the epitome or, or did Yeovil quite beat it? I, I think because I've been very fortunate in my career in terms of, you know, since I've, I've, I've played for three... Or I've, I've been at three clubs that I've really had an affiliation with that, that you know, I, 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 I immerse myself, one, in the area, two, in the people in the football club and then the football club itself. And, and there was three, really. Brighton was the first one. Um, for me to really do that, I mean, I enjoyed my time at Southend, but it wasn't the same as Brighton. When I went down, I fell in love with the city, um, and and really settled in the city, and, and and felt I was at home in the city. That's probably the best place I've lived. Yeah. Um, then the, 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 we had a real successful time, three promotions in in five years. Um, obviously, one relegation to so then go back up to win the playoff final, and then. And then a successful final year to stay in the championship. So, so I really did work with some real good players, made some amazing friends, played lots of games. Um, again, I think I played about 183 games in those ga- in, in, in that time. It probably says a little bit less on Wikipedia, but yeah. um, I played. I, I might even play close to 200, in the, in, which shows I played regularly every season. Mm. And, and to have three promotions in, in that four years shows that. You know, we were doing something right. We had a fantastic team spirit. I, I worked with some real good managers, experienced managers, Mickey Adams, uh, Peter Taylor, um, uh, Steve Koppel. Um, you know, fantastic managers who I took a lot from. Um, uh, uh, yes, yeah, so it, was, it, was, it was, you know, one of the best times in my career. But I, I just said I've been fortunate of three real good clubs in my career. Yeah, yeah. But um, moving on, so what, what made you leave Brighton and, and go to the Oval? I really feel, felt I was stagnating. I felt under Mark McGee, with the greatest respect, I, I, I wasn't learning anything. I wasn't playing as much as I would. I wasn't enjoying it as much as I did. I loved living in the city. I, you know, I'd settled. I had my own home in the, in the city and everything. But I just felt my football was, was stagnating. And I really needed a challenge. I was 32 at the time. I was super fit, so I knew I could play for years. And I just needed that that challenge to continue playing for a long, long time. And um, it was a big decision for me because you know we just survived in the championship. Um, I I didn't have any championship offers, but I had plenty in League One and League Two. Um, uh, I had about seven clubs that, that I could have signed for, and I, I went and met you know most of them. And because it was a big big decision for me, and Gary Johnson sold the club for me. I, I knew how Yeovil had played under Gary because I we played him in pre-season, um, and. And it was a challenge I really, really wanted. Yeovil, with the greatest respect, has very little distractions for a footballer. Mm. So if you're serious about your football yeah. and, and want to go down and prolong your career, then Yeovil's a wonderful place. And again, I just had a real good feel about the place. And, yeah. and nothing I saw from day one to the day I left seven years later that, you know, and told me anything other than that, that it was the right decision. You know. And of course, that's when you bumped into me. That must have been a bit exactly. of downer for your career, all but good still. People. <laughs> um, no, but look, all good, joking aside, you know, yeah. all good, all good people yourself, Gene, uh, you know, Dave Linney, people like that, John Fry, mm. Norman Haywood, you know, and, and people around the town as well. You know, I, I, I classed it as home, and, and and my family loved it there, and uh, and said, and I immersed myself in, you know, bought a place in in in, in the town, lived there, um, didn't want to live elsewhere like Bristol or wherever that would. 
was, was more hip or trendy or whatever, but really loved my life there and immersed myself in it. And I, and I, and I think I made a lot of good lifelong friends there mm. from, from the way I was. And, and, and it was, you know, an excellent club for us. It really was. And, and I suppose, you know, it's fair to say that's when you first started to sort of think in terms of, of management in that, the, you know, from an age point of view, but also you took on the first team coach of the Town ladies team, which at that time were in a, a pretty high division, weren't they? Yeah, look, it was the first time I didn't speak, I didn't think about management. I, I wasn't, I wasn't really interested in management, if I'm honest. I was interested in coaching. Mm. And I knew that um, John Fry had said to me after about four months of me signing for the club, look, make sure you do your badges because we, we see you being here long term, mm. which was a nice thing for him to say after only four months of me joining the club. And, yeah. uh, and I, I always wanted to be a coach. I always felt like it affected people because I did that with young players anyway when I was at Brighton and then even more so when I was at Luton. I, when I was at um, and Yeovil, sorry, so I, I did have an influence on young players by the way I conducted myself and so on. So yeah. I knew that that I wanted to go into coaching, so I did. I did all my badges early, and then I wanted to practice that. And um, I had an opportunity to to meet the, the Yeovil Town ladies, and and I loved it because they were they were perfect. They were perfect to learn. They wanted to learn. They you know they had no agenda, no ego. They they turned up. They wanted to get better. And it was a joy, really, and it was a, a, one of my first experiences of, of, of getting a positive, positive um, reaction from my coaching. So it was, it was excellent, and then, and then that in turn led into to me, you know, after Terry being offered the manager's role, me being offered the assistant manager's role. But but at no point there was I looking to be a manager. I wanted to be a top coach. I believed with ideas and the way I, I can, you know, I believe I, 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 I held myself that I would become a, a good coach, you know. Mm. Well, I think you've proved that anyway over the years, although, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but you, you have proved that. Um, but, um, you know, so you eventually left Yeovil then. Um, and and what, what again, what brought that about? Was it just sort of the right time to go and to move on? Again, I felt that was, with the greatest respect, I felt that was stagnating, you know. Mm. I felt that um, me and Terry had got to a point where well, we weren't taking the club forward anymore. The club brought in Gary, which meant that Gary had his own ideas and wanted to work. Then, you know, he still had me on the coaching staff, still had Terry, still had Darren. And there were too many cooks, really. So I knew that, um, one, we'd be vying for very little work. And two, I felt I needed to expose myself to something different. I'd been at York for seven years. Um, I believe it took me to a certain point. Uh, and again, with the greatest respect, I, I believe I needed to be exposed to different things. So, so what I did was I, um, I asked the club, would you know, would, I had one year left. I asked the club, would they, would they release me from my contract, which which invariably helped the club financially. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went and and got an interview with Charlton and 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 got the job, um, because I, I wanted to go and work with my own team. And I believed that I was starting to formulate a. A philosophy and a, and a structure and a body of work that I wanted to, to test. Not necessarily say I want to be a manager, but I wanted to test my own body of work and, and, and structure and, and to get exposed to something different. And, and Tartan was probably my best year in football, if I'm mm-hmm. honest, because I went to a fantastic club, worked with a real good manager in Chris Powell, but someone that, that actually changed my life in terms of Paul Hart. Um, and I worked with him and he was you know, fantastic to work with. I had a wonderful group. Um, it was a fantastic 
fantastically successful year in we had a group of 14 in terms of our development squad 12 and now playing either in the Premier League Championship League 1 League 2 um, or at the, uh, uh, and 12 of that 14 went on to our careers but we won everything that year the league we won the playoffs we won the Kent Cup we won everything with, with a really young group and that is when I started to think about management because I, I, my ideas and the way I, 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 I developed an environment and a culture there um, told me that, that uh, you know that was the first steps in terms of me doing that on a on a managerial basis. Now this next one seems to be everybody's favourite. It's the Killers and Mr. Brightside.
the killers there and Mr Brightside. So you moved then to Brighton, where presumably your knowledge of the Spanish language was very useful because you had a... Is he, he was Spanish, wasn't he, Oscar Garcia? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so that must have helped for a start. And uh, obviously, you you had a, a you know a, an affection for Brighton anyway. Um, so that must have seemed like a good move at the time, I would imagine. Well, look, I had a, I had a wonderful year at Charlton. Um, was looking to stay. I've just been offered a new contract to stay at Charlton. Um, I turned down a managerial offer um, in League One to stay at Charlton. Um, because I believe I was on a pathway, you know, and I was advised to, to do that. Um, and then an opportunity came up to, to work with Oscar, to be assistant to Oscar at Brighton. Now, obviously, Brighton were looking for, 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 for an assistant manager to work with a Spanish coach who was his first time in, in England. So they were looking for one, someone that one was good at coaching, two, that could speak Spanish, and three, the fact that I had an affiliation with the club and still had a real good relationship with the, the, the hierarchy, if you like, there mm. meant that I ticked all the boxes. So I went and met Oscar, and, and we had a, a few good meetings um, because I didn't just want to go; I, I wanted to go and work, and I wanted to. I was in a wonderful place at Charlton um, on on a, on a decent pathway, but I would only leave that if I could go. I could I could influence how Brighton played, and I would be given autonomy to work, and and I could get on with the people I did, and, and I did, and um, I managed to strike up a, a fantastic relationship with Oscar. And, and quickly, you know, we, we grew to know each other and, and he grew to trust me. And, and it was a wonderful year. And that year we got to the championship playoff. Um, injuries, injuries curtailed us in, in the championships, but uh, in, the, in the championship playoff, in, in the two semi-finals, because, um, um, uh, you know, we, we had a real good side at the time. But um, it was a wonderful experience and, and one that set me on my managerial career, if you like. Going back to playoffs a minute and going back to Yeovil, um, you were in the side that lost to Blackpool. How much of a blow was that yeah. to you personally? Yeah, big sort, big much. I mean, because obviously Terry was out and, and, and I was captain on the day. And, you know, we had a real good, real good side that that year. We, you know, we had our loan signers were fantastic. People like Chris Cohen had the season of their life. Hmm. You know, Aaron Davis was in fantastic form. People like Martin Crane really had the best we had brought in. And we had a real wonderful, wonderful team spirit, and we, we believed that that we were good enough. We, I, I think our final was at Nottingham Forest away when we mm. were two 0 down and, and won the game five two, and then we came up against a very good Blackpool side who just had real momentum. I don't they lost, they won the last ten games, when including the playoffs, probably um, won the last eleven, twelve games. So they had a fantastic side. Wes Fulham was in the side. Uh, one of our coaches here in the academy, Adrian Forbes, was playing. So they had a real good side. So it was a real blow because I felt we were good enough. But if I'm honest, I, I think the semi-final took so much out of us emotionally and everything. And then, yeah. we, and then we never really recovered. And, you know, the preparation for me, when I look back on it, could have been better. Um, uh, but I, I, look, I look at it and I felt, yeah, there's a real missed opportunity there. What, what was the high spot of your time at Yeovil? And the Forest game would have been for me. Yeah. It would have been you know wonderful. I mean, I had certain individual ones of of scoring sort of nine days after I had a hernia off, and and then you know scoring at certain places, and and then certain games we had only on Sky. But it, it had to be the the five two away at Forest. You know, Forest don't lose many games at, at home at that at that time. They were they were a wonderful side. But for us to go there 2-0 down with the utmost belief that we can do it, because at no point do we go there to, 
no. with the lead. That, you know, in the, in, they were very fortunate in the first leg. Myself and Terrell Folks get two penalties away. Mm. But apart from that, their goalkeeper had kept them in the team. And we believed we had a side that could go and do that. And we did. And, and we were we were fully, fully deserved, you know. And uh, it was in such dramatic fashion as well. But, but what, and what, a, what a wonderful game. Do you remember the uh, the T-shirts that they produced, Leeds produced? Uh, not Leeds, Forest uh, produced. Um, Forest produced, yeah. Yeah. I mean, did that did that sort of act as a spur? Do you think? I don't think. Look, it might have at the time. I don't really remember, but I, I do. I do remember that things like that and them selling tickets. And but we didn't need any more motivation. We were a group of humble, hungry, hmm. you know, mates really that really relished it. And on the night, we were absolutely fantastic. I mean, the manager at the time was Colin Caldwell, who's a very, very good yeah. friend of mine now, and. Uh, and he, he, he says you ruined my life. Uh, uh, that did. Uh, um, <laughs> I think he got divorced uh, not long after. Oh. Um, and, and, and things. But you know, fortunate enough, he, he showed great humility after the game, and then came into us. And then a year later, the ironic thing was they, they got promoted uh, against us. They beat us in, in mm. I think it was the final game or the second second final game, and got promoted. So uh, you know, um, uh, it, it didn't too much uh, but yeah that was my highlight in, in terms of individually yeah. um, or, or individually the playing at Wembley was, was fantastic and the lead up and stuff but um, but really that, that night was very very special yeah I, I can remember it so well the bus ride back the stop yeah. at Tesco to get oh, some yeah. food <laughs> everything about it and when you compare that to the, the bus coming out of Wembley after the Blackpool defeat you could hear a pin drop in it it was awful. Do you remember that? Yeah, and it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a highs and lows. But I had it Brighton as well. We, you know, we won the playoff final um, mm. at Brighton, and um, and I remember also getting relegated at Grimsby away. You know, on the bus ride there. So yeah. it was it, the highs and lows of of, of everything. And um, I might we've it here in terms of you know being promoted and and, and the trip home from Carlisle, and we've also lost to. Mm. To Blackpool in the playoffs uh, in in dramatic circumstances. So again, you know, the guys and those of football, and you have to you have to embrace them. You have to um, uh, uh, have to accept them, and then you know move on. But, uh, but a fantastic time. Yoga was, was a fantastic time for me. So so going on to Luton now. You you, you left Brighton to, to go to Luton, um, presumably because they offered you the manager's job. Yeah. More music this time. We've got Sex on Fire from the Kings of Leeds.
fantastic opportunity for me. Um, yeah. So basically, look, when I was at um, when I was at Brighton, I had um, opportunities to leave to, to uh, you know, I was, I was sort of gaining a reputation as a coach and, and so on. And when you're at a fantastic football club like Brighton, you know, you 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 do gain a reputation when you, when you believe you're doing good work. I had, I had the opportunity. Brighton knew I had a managerial ambition. Um, uh, when sort of Sammy Hippie got, got sacked I, I took over for two games and we drew and won the game and they knew I I, I wanted the job I, I got passed over for it to bring Chris Eden which is the correct decision at the time um, but they wanted me to learn and to stay there so they, they gave me an education in that year and a half Chris I learned so much of Chris Eden as a manager I learned so much from Brighton because Brighton wanted me to become a manager they wanted me to stay there and, and eventually become they saw a pathway for me to be the manager there but but you, you can never just sit tight and hope that you just get that. So I, I always wanted to carve my own way. And then when the right opportunities came up, they they allowed me to go and speak to those sides. I spoke to two two football league clubs, but I never took the job. And then Luton came in, and I knew that I wanted it instantly. I did sort of three meetings, and I wanted to take it. And Brighton were very, very good in terms of allowing me to, to take the job. But I knew it was a club that I wanted to go back to. I knew that I knew that I could build something there, and that's what I wanted to do. I, I, I didn't just want to get a job so I could jump, jump, jump. Mm. I wanted to go on and, and have a chance of building something because that's what I like doing. You know, um, mm. I, I've only had two managerial jobs, and I, I went to Stoke because of the opportunity. But I, I, I enjoy building things. Really. Right, time for some more music now, and this one means a lot to Nathan. I know because he played it at his wedding, and it's called "You Are the Best Thing." And it's by Ray Montagna.
hearts are strong and our, our hearts are kind. Let me tell you, your text back to words on my mind. You are the best thing. You are the best thing. You are the best thing. Ever happened to me. You Best thing by Ray Montagna. Yeah. Um, so, what a way to repay one of your old clubs then. In the first game, you go and beat them 8 2. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, tough, really, because I said uh, I, I, the, when I first took over, we, we had you over within the first sort of month. We drew 1 1. It was, and I always remember the game really well because it, it, um, it was an even game. But I just felt we were we were starting to progress. I wanted to play a certain way, and I wanted to build. And my first game in charge was against Cambridge, and we were we were bang average. Um, then we started to improve, and then against Yeovil, I really felt we started to build. We only do one all, and you know we were maybe slightly fortunate to do so. But we really started to build a structure that I wanted, and then as we then went on, and as we added to the squad, then look, we've had some real good games against um, against uh, against Yeovil and, and, and some big wins but that was probably the standout one but that season you know we, we did win 8-2 we'd strengthened considerably in the summer we brought in James Collins we brought in Isaac Purcell um, we had Danny Hilton we had people like Andrew Shinney Jack Stacey James Justin was flourishing all these would go on to, and we were the best side in the league so that was just a, a, we probably set down a marker, but everything that happened on, on the day just came, you know, went right. I mean, whether it was justified at eight two because we scored the last kick of the game as well to make it eight two, you know, actually overtook the lead. So I remember it very, very vividly. But mm. at the time, we just looked a potent, potent team, and and that was, you know, we won seven nil and seven one at home, only a, a, a few games later, also against Cambridge and. And Stevenage, so it showed that we could really score goals there. So it wasn't a fluke, but we, we that was the season that we really started to build the club to the club it is now. But um, you know, you, you took the took them up. Was it twice? Yeah, we've had two promotions. You know, we went up for from League Two, um, then we won League One, um, uh, and and built something here that we, you know was fantastic. It's not, but it's not just the fact that we you know, got Every window we spent less, but 
but brought in hungrier, fitter, stronger players, players that could handle the ball, players that were young, wanted to get better, wanted to learn. And and, and really, and then we got to a stage when, just before we beat Yeovil A2, where we had a fantastic, fantastic squad. We really did. I looked at the squad and I knew that, that we were going to be very, very difficult to contain because of what we had. Pace, power, talent. People from above the level were dropping down to come and sign for us. Not because we had more money, because they believed in, in the project and things and word of mouth was getting around. The players were actually actively, agents were calling me and said, my player wants to come and play for you, wants to come and play for your club because of how you do stuff. And and, and we really started to build and, and it was, you know, it was a fantastic time. Um, and we, losing in the playoff semis to, to, to Blackpool was the best thing that happened to us mm. because if we were able to build for another year at League Two and then we knew soon as we went to League One, we knew we wouldn't be long in League One um, because we, we were by far the best team in League Two. And when we went to League One, it was only us and Barnsley and only Barnsley could live with us at that level. And that's not being big-headed, that was us the yeah. belief we had and the actual squad we had as well. So when the Stoke situation came about, I mean, you know, having that sort of success and things, you know, were going the way you wanted that club to develop, um, you were getting success on the field. Uh, was it a difficult decision to, I mean, you know, on the one hand, you look at it, think, oh, Stoke City, you know, Championship Club, ex-Premier League Club, um, you know, you're going to be manager there. But then on the other hand, you've got this, this success story which obviously got the interest from Stoke, but also, um, you know, it was it was helping to to prove your your credentials, as it were. Well, uh, I'd had four opportunities to go to other championship clubs, which I had which I hadn't taken. I hadn't I hadn't taken those opportunities because I believed we were we were on a pathway at, at Luton that was that, that was fulfilling, and, and we were really on a journey. And I wanted to be here, so unless something considerably big came up. I, I was never leaving Luton and you know, I had a long-term contract and I had a massive buyout clause and everything and everything was going really well. And then out of the blue I had a call um, would I go and meet Stoke City and um, obviously they they had to pay the buyout and so on and I met the owners and you know I was I was blown away really by the size of the club. They were, they were ex-Premier League you know, owned by Bet365 which was a massive company financial mm. backing the squad they had was, was quite phenomenal in terms of names um, and I just felt at the time that it was just too big to turn down look in hindsight would I have gone I definitely would have done stuff differently um, but even though it, it turned out to be a very difficult time it was the best thing I did because the learning curve for me has made me a better manager now so so look at the time you know pretty much everyone I spoke to said you cannot turn this down it's too big an opportunity and so on but but look it, 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 it was a fantastic opportunity um, on every single level um, and it's taught me so much. So so it's very difficult for me to regret the decision because of how everything's turned out. Mm. OK, last track on the show and it's called This Is Me and it's by The Greatest Showman. Send a 
This is me from The Greatest Showman. Now, there was a lot of speculation leading up to when you when you uh, left Stoke. Um, that must have been a very difficult time for you, though, because, you know, game after game was getting you were getting beaten, and, you know, I'm sure you were putting more than 100% in. You know, what, how, how was it? Was it, you know, did it test your resolve? Oh, absolutely. It tests every single part of you as a man, as a manager, as a human, every single thing. And, you know, mm. you've got to... I'm, I'm, I put a big emphasis on my Christian life, so I know I've got God's strength with me. I've got a very good family for my wife to to, to my um, to, to, to obviously my family and, and parents and, and supporting family and everything. So yeah, it was a real tough time, and look, we we were at a time right at the end where uh, you know the end was I was I was ready to go. I mean, at the time we we, we weren't picking up results, but we we were real good football inside, and we played. And you know should have been in a better position, but it got to a point where people were making mistakes, and, 
and you, I just didn't see any headway. I just didn't see any way out of it. And um, it, it tested me, but I was strong and I, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about the people around me. Um, and I was very proud about how I, I conducted myself in terms of that. It was a tough, tough gig. Um, uh, I'll never speak bad about the club because I, they had wonderful owners, fantastic club. The fan base was excellent, and they were and they gave me real patience. It's just there was things there that that I didn't realise, things there that I couldn't change, or or didn't have enough time to change. And while you're not getting results, you don't get time. If I had if I'd got results, then I'd have had enough time, or I would have had more time to change the things I needed. But I, I didn't buy myself time with with the results I got. So inevitably. You know, you, you lose your job. It's a tough day when I lost my job, not because, you know, I lost my job because that wasn't the thing, but I, I felt I'd let the owners down and uh, the owners were excellent to me. John and Peter Coates were, were wonderful people and, and people that, uh, that, I, that I was really close to. Um, and I and they wanted it to work so badly and they gave me every ounce of time that I needed. And, 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 mm. and I, I feel a bit bad that I, that, that I didn't repay their, their faith, really. Do I recall... There was one a bit of an emotional outburst that you did to the press or something. I can't I've got something in the back of my mind about it when you're at Stoke. But I think you know, from my point of view, I thought, well, you know, good on you. At least you 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 let people realise just how much this means to you. Well, look, I, I, I wouldn't say I was more. You, you've got to be very controlled and stuff, but it does. And at times, but you know, it was tough. It, at times, you asking the same questions, having to defend, and I never shirked, and never blamed, mm. never blamed anyone else. I took everything on my shoulders, which a good manager, a good leader should do, you know. Um, and and it was a learning curve for me, a real big learning curve. And, and as you said, I'm in a better position now for that tough year. That I don't think I'll ever go into an environment like that. I don't think I'll ever go into a place that has that many things that need changing. To, to 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 attain elite status. So um, it, it was a wonderful learning curve. I look back on it now with, with fondness, but also, you know, would I have changed stuff? Yes. Am I more ready for a challenge like that now? Yes. Um, so look, it was, a, it was a wonderful learning curve. And, I, and I'm so glad I did it because I said I'm a better manager, a better person. Um, better tactically on every level because of that situation. So, so look, I, I don't regret it for one one when I ought. I got a chance to live in a wonderful place in Cheshire, mm. chance to meet some real good people, um, and chance to, to to learn once again. You know. So, you know, when you left Stoke, how long was it before you you ended up back at Luton? Well, it was, I knew that um, what I did as soon as I left Stoke, I wanted to take some time off, but I didn't. I just worked constantly and. And really went and watched games, got player knowledge. I went to places like Leicester, spoke to Brendan Rogers and good people in the game. Hmm. Um, and then with the the, the the full thing that at the end of January I was going to take two weeks off, going to take my wife and family away, and just to deflate a little bit. But I I was getting a lot of a lot of offers. I was getting a lot of phone calls from, from clubs that wanted me to to you know, to take the manager's job, but I, I didn't feel that I was ready at that time to go back in. And I wanted to go into a place where, you know, I, I knew I had to pick my next job very carefully because I couldn't go into a a storm again or go into where I had to have a major overhaul. So I was I was just about to take a job. At, I'd, I'd, I'd been approached, I met the club four times, um, and I was just about to take the job. And then I got a call from Luton and said, look, we... We're going to make a change. Um, 
we'd love to speak to you again. Um, and bearing in mind how acrimoniously it ended, it was, you know, it took a lot of humility on mine and on the chief exec and the board's part. And But we just both felt it was right. And, and once Luton came in, I didn't want to go anywhere else. And, and you know, it was a tough job to turn down the, the, the one that I did because it was, it was an excellent job. And, you know, they're, they're, a, they're a very good championship football club. But I, once Luton came in, I knew that, one, I, you know, I owed them a debt. The two I wanted, I wanted to go back and work with the players that I had because the majority of them were still there. I wanted to go back and work in that environment and build again, and and I was so happy that I did it. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, we all know football is a, a strange game, and you, you can never really plan with football, can you? Because you never quite know what's around the corner. But I mean, you know, have you got any long-term plans at the moment? Well, I've just signed a new long-term contract here of five and a half years, so I, I would like us to keep building every year we've improved our position you know from a league two to league one to championship we've improved our position every year in the championship um we currently sit higher than we have in the championship you know mm. uh, often or finished in the championship ever so i i, I want us to continue that and we get a new stadium in two years where i really want us to become a, a premier league club i believe we can do that um that's a realistic well, always was a realistic goal in 2016 we are ahead of schedule because we set an eight year plan so if we could get there by by 24 25 then we'll be bang on schedule but we, we're a year ahead of schedule in terms of being a, a championship football club so so again we for me the long-term ambition is one to, to do to finish the project with Luton um, and I would like to be as you know for a very long time very settled as an excellent club mm. Um but you just never know, you know. You never know opportunities come up. You never know in football how things turn and so on. But all I can say is I'm, I'm loving my second spell back here. We're building something once again, um, and I'm so so happy that, that that I'm back here. So we've got a wonderful environment. We are a different club to what we were. We're in a wonderful place with, with the squad, with the staff, with the alignment of, of the board and, and everyone, plus the fans. And we're, we're two years away from having a fantastic new stadium, which will catapult us to another level. So, so in, in terms of everything, I, I'm very happy here. I, 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 I see no reason why I won't see out my contract. Um, and, and hopefully we continue to be successful. Because if we continue to be successful and continue to improve, then then we'll end up in the Premier League and that's, that's our goal. I'm perhaps, a, you know, slightly at advantage in that I've worked with you and I know what you like. There are two things I wanted to bring up before we finish today. One was your fitness and I will never forget when we went to Antwerp, I think it was, and we stayed in that yeah. complex place and I was in my room and you guys were off doing your training and there was a run and you had to run around the, the whole complex. I don't know how many times. It was quite a few times. And I couldn't believe the fitness levels that you were showing because you were probably one of the oldest members of the squad at that time. And you were way, way, way in front. It just it was just unbelievable. How do you do it? And do you still do it? I bet you do. I bet you're still as fit as a flea, aren't you? Yeah, look, we still train. But I knew that I wasn't the most talented individual. Um, so I, I, I knew that if I wanted to be a professional footballer, I had to have something different than what I was. I was the fittest human being I've ever known. Yeah. I had a single-mindedness of a drive that that I worked hard, that I would do every single thing possible to to work hard and to be fitter than everyone I I, I played against because that was my my edge, that was my niche. And, uh, I was left-footed, which helped. So if you're left-footed, reasonably quick but super fit, then 
and then you can build a career and that's basically what I did and, and you know I, I maintained that I um, and I, I still I still run I still train but obviously not at the levels I used to but but it was something and, and a lot of that rubbed off I you know my, my my assistant manager or one of my assistant managers here is is Chris Cohen who who that rubbed off on and I had a big influence on his career in terms of how to how to be fit how to be strong and and that stood Chris you know in good stead and, and now he's he's very like minded and my teams are like that my teams play at a, with an energy and a pace that uh, uh, that I wanted to play at but hopefully with 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 an ability that I never had. The other thing, of course, was you're, you're a devout Christian. I've known that. You know that. Lots of people know it. Um, how much of an influence do you think that has on you, but also on your teams? Oh, massive. I mean, look, uh, um, I, 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 I don't go a day without the Lord. The Lord's a massive influence in my life. He's, he's shaped my life. He's blessed me. He's guided me, protected me, um, brought me to places I never imagined I'd ever be and, and given me the strength to cope, you know, with, with, with those mm. things. But... But in terms of there's certain things, you know, certain uh, characteristics that, that are, are in the Word of God and, and belongs to Christi- Christians that I want my teams to portray an honesty, a, a, you know, a hard work, a, a humility about them. And, and my teams play like that. You know, we're, we're humble, we're, we're meek, but we're, we're full on and, and, and we embrace, you know, the challenges and um, and, and I hope that, that my Christianity rubs off from my managerial style because you have to, you know, you can be strong and stuff, but yeah. you have to have a human side, you have to have a compassionate side, a forgiving side. And, and, and I have those, and, uh, and that is, you know, Christianity shapes my life. So if it shapes my life, it's definitely going to shape my managerial style. Mm. And, of course, all your, your tattoos tend to reflect that. And, and obviously, again, I've, yeah. I've seen them as well. So, um, you know... Um, I think it's great. I think everything about you is great, mate. I think what you're doing is absolutely fantastic. And, uh, you know, to, to have worked with you and there's, there's so many friends that I've made and, and worked with at Yeovil, it's, it's, uh, it's a real privilege, really, when I look back on it now in my life. And, you know, it's, it's something that I could have uh, never dreamed of having. And yet I got it at Yeovil and it was it was brilliant. So it's, it's been really well, nice. Well, look, the feelings, yeah, the feelings mutual as well. You know, I'm like, like yourself really made me feel welcome yourself and Jim when we first came you know and people like God rest his soul Bruce and yeah. and Stuart Housley were, yeah. were people who were fantastic I still you know keep in touch with Mark Shepard as well who was the old kit man who yeah, yeah. as well now but and and you know it, it, great people when I do that at every club you know at, at Brighton was the same at, at, um, at, at Luton when I first went to obviously Yovo Brighton now I, 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 I still keep in touch with with people, um, I was speaking to someone from Brighton at, at, at three o'clock in the morning this morning, actually, yeah. um, because they're in America now and and, and things. So it's it, it's a, it's it's football family is 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 such a good one, and I am very privileged and very lucky to have worked with some real good human beings and, and alongside them, and and that's what life's about. Because yes, you can win stuff, and yes, you can you can earn money, or yes, you can you know accolades and stuff, but it's the people that you affect in, in whatever walk or, or, or whatever you do in life that, that really matter. And, and people have had an effect on my life and I've affected people's lives. And, and that's the, the CV that, 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 that I really like and, and things. So, mm. so no, and you're one of those. And as I said, you've always made me feel welcome the other day when we needed a pitch. You know, I knew mm. I could ring and rely on you. It was the worst pitch in history, but it was somewhere <laughs> we could go and train and, 
Yeah. And, and and we won the game three 0 the next day. So yeah. it, you know it, it worked. And, yeah, and stuff. No, that's and, right. Uh, as I said. So so look, I've enjoyed speaking to you, Rich, and, and I said our class is a good friend, and and I know that. At whatever stage we are, we can always pick up the phone and speak, you know. Mm, lovely job, lovely job. Well, look, thanks for today. Really appreciate it. No worries. This is Three Valleys Radio. The heart is a and you've been listening to the In Conversation programme with A.D. Hopper. Make sure you join us every week here on Three Valleys Radio.